0: Having the appointed time of 5.30 arrived, I would like to call the Tuesday, January 30th, 2024, Committee of the Whole to order. Madam Chair, a form is present.
1: Thank you, clerk. You know what time it is! Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is, of course, the Council Roundup with your host, Trent Nelson. Such a pleasure to be back with you as always. This is, of course, another Committee of the Whole meeting. Last week was a very big special budgetary edition of our Council Roundup to accommodate the very special budgetary edition of the City Council. We were introduced to several budget prerogatives brought to us by the utility CWLP, City Water Light and Power. The big news of course was a 32% requested rate hike for this upcoming fiscal year and then an additional 32% rate hike for the next one that was explained. In various and numerous different ways at that time, as it concerned cleaning up such issues as ash dump ponds, placing lead lines in the ground that bring water to us, all that has been since the budget last week. That has been a big topic, and it continued to be a large topic at this past city council. Committee of the Whole edition. This was discussed in large part regarding the federal funding that is accompanying or is supposed to be accompanying the mandate to remove lead water lines from the ground. Illinois has, from what statistics show, the most lead water lines of any state in the Union. We will get more into that, of course. But also just general innovation. There have not been hikes for some time. And just because we do not pay at one moment does not mean we will never have to pay in another moment. Cannot escape the costs of maintenance, the cost of innovation, the costs of safety. We will get to that. We will get to the new 2024 ordinances Up for committee consideration. Twenty twenty four zero zero one through 13 We'll run through those. There was just a bit of discussion on one or two. Otherwise, most of these look like they'll be clearly sailing onto next week's consent agenda. We then had some individuals speak at the end. We had four different individuals speak. We will not be Going into each one of them, one individual was quite ardent concerning immigration, illegal immigrants. She produced some paperwork documents that can be read upon the city of Springfield's website. They are more or less just a list of other municipalities across Illinois that have passed differing ordinances designed to dissuade bus companies from leaving immigrants that may have been bussed up from places like Texas or Florida, a topic we have covered in large measure on full disclosure with the Better Government Association, which you can also find on wmy.com. But it is essentially a list of the different cities and areas that have decided to act in different ways. There was some obvious discomfort that one could notice were one there or watching the feed. But we will get to Everything that encompassed this to some degree, whether it be deeper or more shallow, before this program ends. But to begin with, of course, this was a nice and easy go of it at the start. And in fact, for the entire meeting, it lasted just a little under an hour and a half. So it was smooth sailing. Not the shortest of meetings, but certainly not as long as the epic Nearly two and a half hour meeting that persisted last week. 2024-001 is an ordinance accepting bids and authorizing proposal UW-24-23 for powdered activated carbon with Carb Pure Technologies LLC in an amount not to exceed $460,000 for the Office of Public Utilities. There was no discussion needed for this because as we've talked about, this is like so many other ordinances that we go through. This is merely a necessity for living in a modern society. We need clean drinking water. Of course, this is a theme of the post-budgetary special. City councils spoke about it then as it concerned costs, rate hikes, safety. Going to be talking about it further down the line today. Pun, perhaps intended. But twenty twenty-four zero zero one for powdered activated carbon. Slam dunk. No further discussion necessary. We'll see that one on the consent agenda. Twenty twenty-four zero zero two is Again, a necessity, but in a slightly different manner. It is an ordinance authorizing the additional funding in an amount not to exceed $35,000 under contract number UE23-04-31 for groundwater and leachate analysis with Tech Lab Incorporated for a total amount not to exceed $132,430 also for the Office of Public Utilities this Expenditure is commensurate with the requirements uh, by the Illinois Environmental Protection Agency. They're analyzing and sampling matter from the flue gas desulfurization sludge disposal facility, which is necessary for ensuring that that facility is doing its stated job and not harming the community or environment in some way. It is maintenance of a different kind, ensuring that our systems and technology remains functional, working properly, protecting us all. So, of course, there was no discussion concerning that. We kept on a boogieing. Boom. See it on the consent agenda next week. 2024-003 is an ordinance accepting bids and authorizing contract number UE24-12-75 for mailing and handling services with Quicksilver Mailing Services LLC in an amount not to exceed $135,000 for the Office of Public Utilities. Again, another standard ordinance as is noted on the city's website and in the Paperwork, a contract designed to ensure that the city's mail moves as quickly as it needs to. Apparently, the United States Postal Service is not good enough, and so this proprietary means of communication is, well, it's just... The standard that has been utilized. And for $135,000, it should certainly work better than our national system. The price has, however, remained the same since the last time the contract was awarded. There was no discussion on this. Boom, we're gonna see her on the consent agenda as we are going to see 2024004, which is an ordinance authorizing payment of the North American Electric Reliability Corporation. Fees for fiscal year 2025 in an amount not to exceed $71,399.37. Again, approving payment to the North American Electric Reliability Corporation, or NERC, is standard. They are a not-for-profit international regulatory authority whose mission is plainly to assure the reliability and security of The bulk power systems in North America, CWLP, is subject to NERC's general jurisdiction and is required to pay its pro rata share of fees based on net energy for their load. Nothing to discuss. Ordinance, boom, done. See you on the consent agenda. 2024-005, an ordinance authorizing the purchase of ERP SQL licenses for Microsoft Database SQL software from Dell Marketing LP in an amount not to exceed $78,902.24. As it concerns software for the ERP database servers, this is set to be an upgrade from the current server version. And will be used with new hardware to bridge the ERP systems upgrade. The state of Illinois solicited bids and allows municipalities to share in the bulk cost savings by ordering off of such contracts. So again, we think of infrastructure in so many ways. This is certainly infrastructure, just the type that you disregard generally, even as we are all using it constantly. Yes, that is right. Computers and the internet and websites these can in fact be parts of infrastructure unbelievable and remarkable, I know, but we love learning here, and it's great to share the fun with everyone else twenty twenty four zero zero five is that's going to be on the consent agenda. No big deal twenty twenty four zero zero six, however, well, might be on the consent agenda it might be. Up for further discussion at the next city council meeting. For it is an ordinance accepting and authorizing the execution of the Energy Efficiency and Conservation Block Grant equipment rebate voucher program funding from the United States Department of Energy in an amount noted at $170,500 for the Office of Public Utilities. Now, Ward 8 Alderwoman Erin Conley, she needed head of the CWLP Doug Brown to give Everyone, a quick summary of the ordinance. And Brown explained, as per usual, that the grant was on a quote, quick time frame. And they're seeking to use the money to purchase an all electric van for electrical crews, as well as various tools for energy audits and to buy additional LEDs for the street lights, those lovely purple street lights that we've mentioned previously. Alderman of Ward 2, Sean Gregory. He then asked Doug Brown when CWOP will be running energy efficiency tests. Doug Brown then explained that energy audit would be for customers. And apparently the city always needs LED light bulbs. That is not going to be any breaking surprise news moving forward. Some 800 regular light bulbs are replaced with LED bulbs each year, while old neighborhoods are a priority for replacements at this point. There was no further discussion then, and they kept it moving. We will see this next week in some capacity. 2024-007 is an ordinance authorizing a supplemental appropriation in the amount of $40,000 from the unappropriated fund balance to accommodate building and grounds repairs, as well as various other commodities as needed for the remainder of fiscal year 2024 for the Office of Public Works. It is simply authorizing supplemental appropriation from the unappropriated fund balance sheet to accommodate just basic work. No big deal. Bing, bang, boom. We will see you next week at the Consent Agenda. And we will see the next five likely at the Consent Agenda. That is 2024-008 through twenty twenty four zero one two. And we'll go through those real quick. In order, 008 is an ordinance authorizing the execution of an annexation agreement between the city of Springfield, Illinois... For property located at 2808 and 2814 South MacArthur Boulevard, no discussion necessary. 009 is an ordinance annexing certain described real estate properties located at 2808 and 2814 South MacArthur Boulevard. So, 008 was authorizing the execution of the annexation agreement, whereas 009 is the ordinance properly annexing those previously agreed-to annexationed properties. We love it. 010 is an ordinance to decrease the number of Class B liquor licenses by one for Highland Park CVS, for it is no longer doing that stated purpose over on North Grand Avenue East. And so, hence, their liquor license is not needed, and neither was any discussion needed. Bing! Boom. Done. 011 is an ordinance authorizing a decrease in the number of Class D liquor licenses by one due to the closure of the business known as Fritz's Wagon Wheel located at 2709 South MacArthur Boulevard. And 012 is an ordinance authorizing the decreasing the number of Class G liquor licenses by one due to the closure of the business known as the Sangamo Club over at 227 East Adams Street. We are always uh, so sad to see restaurants go, places that serve food. We love a good meal. We are not alone in this, however. We've got to go out and spend our money at these places if we wish for them to exist for the enjoyment of ourselves and all of our community members. Really crucially important. Which brings us to 2024-013. And there was just a spot of discussion concerning this ordinance. It is an ordinance declaring various parcels of real estate property to be surplus property thereby directing the sale of the said real estate property and authorizing the publication of a notice of sale and request for proposals for the Office of Budget and Management. For the record, the parcel properties are 2006 and 2008 South 11th Street, 2012 South 11th Street, 1126 and 1128 East Ash Street, and the southeast corner of Edmund and Elliot. Now, what was the discussion about, you may ask? Well, wasn't really too big a deal. Ward 3 Alderman Roy Williams Jr. asked to be educated concerning what different media sources the sale is being advertised through. And it is explained to him that the only place that the city posts such innovations of this type is on its website which is where you'll be able to find it should you be interested in purchasing some property. And that brings us to the end of the ordinances for consideration. And before we get to unfinished business, talking about water, CWOP, rate hikes, what the mayor of Jerome had to say concerning water, a bit about St. Patrick's Day, And the lovely parade. Before we get to those topics, we're going to take a quick commercial break here on the Council Roundup with your host, Trent Nelson. So sit back, relax, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, welcome back. This is, of course, the Council Roundup with your host, Trent Nelson. And we just got through the ordinances for consideration before we went to commercial break. And now that we've gotten through those newest of 2024 ordinances, we can get to a bit of unfinished business. Chairperson Notriano of Ward 6 asked for unfinished business. And, well, to use water-related pun, one might say that the floodgates were opened. Alderman of Ward 2, Sean Gregory, asked the budget director... Concerning ARPA money reallocation, the director confirmed that the money had already been reallocated. Alderman Sean Gregory explained his desire to ensure city improvements are prioritized for reallocations and considers it necessary without need for conversation. Roy Williams Jr. expressed interest to keep a particularly talented and qualified intern on staff in a position moving forward, and he brought up the need to start using fiscal impact statements, which, of course, brought us to discussing rate increases and the request that we heard last week following promotions and raises given to the fire department and police. Alderman Gregory then asked about the state of the Pillsbury Mill and the funding, and it was confirmed to him that it had remained Uh, The same. Lakeisha Purchase of Ward 5 asked for updates uh, concerning budget recommendations uh, and she voiced some concerns as it regarded funding for the three firehouses that are set to help innovate the city's public safety. Alderman Gregory then noted that the firehouses are but a one time expense versus raises and things of that nature, which are, in his words, lifelong, amongst other things. He then reminded everyone that come the 1st of February that the Cannabis Directorship Grant Program is opening up and confirmed that guidelines are being prepared. He was warned then that the guidelines are not yet fully finished, however, and that the city is looking to give complete instructions as it received complaints last year over its use of prevailing wage scales. And as it concerns the intern position that was brought up earlier by Alderman Williams Jr. of Ward 3, he was told that there is already budgeting for a Bloomberg Harvard fellow to be hired by the city. Once her contract is finished, she will be invited to transition to OPED. Uh, So that is positive news. For that lucky individual, congratulations to them. Ward 10 Alderman Ralph Hanauer, he then got boogie in and and pointed out that the city council can only literally cut so much without cutting into uh, necessary services for the community. He noted that a public works crew had been budgeted previously, but that the money was never used and simply sat unused as a result of that. He then anecdotally brought up that prior older people would weaponize fiscal analysis for certain projects that they did not like. But of course, it is always easier to point out the shortcomings of others. We must always ensure that we have our own proper analysis done for projects that we like as well. All projects should be treated with equal appraisal for what they provide the entire community whether it be purely on a ward-need basis or as it relates to the entire city. And this, of course, continued. We had a good deal of discussion, uh, but uh, then the discussion really started to pick up when we reached more discussion from Ward 8, Alderwoman Connolly concerning the differences and similarities of the water rate increases with raises for the fire department and police department, pointing out that first responders did, in fact, have a fiscal impact analysis as well. And this brought us towards and into the discussion concerning the water rate hikes. This opened the floodgates to the conversation properly, as one might say. Doug Brown of CWP noted that the last major increase for rates... Occurred in 2004 and not in 2011 as had been previously noted. 2011 was purely for paying for infrastructure at the water plant. So it was a hike that merely sort of maintained what was currently being done at the water plant. But Doug Brown argued that uh, around 50% of the 64% of the total rate increase is for uh, the lead service line replacements. And while the other items are substantial and are, quote, Uh, Real costs, Uh, this opened up more discussion and questions concerning the federal grant money uh, made available for lead line replacements. Alderwoman and Chair Jennifer Notriano acknowledged candidly at that point that rate increases should have been occurring over the last two decades uh, on a regular basis. Uh, But she said, quote, but we cannot do a rate increase that is going to put people in financial jeopardy just because people previous to us made some mistakes. Well, somebody's got to pay. Unfortunately, if it was not uh, past us, it is going to be present us and, and it could very well be future us, too. That's simply how maintaining and developing communities and infrastructure works. But. The chair asked CWLP to consider smaller rate increases over a longer period of time or to scale back general improvements. At that point, federal grant money came up properly and CWLP's Doug Brown argued that the federal aid money is fractional relative to the total necessary amount. It was then explained and this is an interesting point that the 11 billion that was allocated for the entire country has yet to matriculate to Illinois in the amount that those here believe it should because again Illinois has the most lead lines of any state in the country as per Statistics, and this is primarily, although of course we do not live in Chicago, we live in Springfield, but this is primarily because of Chicago, which allegedly did not stop putting in lead lines until 1986. That is stunning and nearly criminal. Quote, $11 billion sounds like a lot of money, and it is a historical amount of money to be sure, but when you break it down, it's less than 5% of the money needed to replace these lead service lines Nationally. Now, we could continue to go through the discussion piece by piece, but essentially, one could wrap this up whether it concerns lead water service lines or closing the uh, ash dump. Well, just as it would have cost less for the past to have paid a more fair quantity of money with reasonable rate hikes done. Yearly by yearly across the last two decades, it will cost the city more money to put off the innovations that, that they are discussing if they wait. Now, a more gradual water rate increase in terms of years instead of the sizable hikes slated for the next two fiscal years would probably be a compromise that Many in the city would be thankful for, but that is perhaps something that should have been started a year or two ago because it might have accommodated 16% rate hike increases over four years instead of 32 over two. Which brings us to, and near the end of our program... And our lovely citizens' addresses, we will have time for two. We have already discussed one at the beginning of this program and the documents that uh, that individual gave to the city can be found on the city's website. Again, they are a list of the different innovations that different municipalities and areas across Illinois have undertaken due to the recent migrant influx that the state of Illinois can thank Texas Governor Greg Abbott for. Now, first up is Mr. James Clancy, and we will let you listen to him, and then we'll let you listen to the Village of Jerome President Mike Lopez before we head out. It's been such a lovely council roundup with your host, Trent Nelson, but all good things must come to an end. Hear about the Springfield St. Patrick's Day Parade, as well as the Village of Jerome's own water concerns and issues right now. Up first, I have James Clancy. St. Patty.
0: Chachna James Clancy is at Dome. This is a far-gone language called Irish Gaelic. My name is James Clancy. I represent as the president of a large event you may have heard of called the St. Patrick's Day Parade. St. Patrick's Day Parade this year is going to be on Saturday, March 16th at the crack of noon. Uh, we say crack because that is also an Irish word, C-R-A-I-C, which means let's have a good time. So always at the crack of noon on St. Patrick's Day Parade. Uh, I want to remind everybody that um, we appreciate the city's involvement with us. We go hand-in-hand as a partner to get this done. Uh, We take up a mile of road on that day. We have about 99 entries that every year come in. It takes about two hours to do that parade. We love doing it. A little piece of trivia for all to share. It takes seven people to plan that. Seven people plan that every single year. Springfield did not have a St. Patrick's Day Parade. 40 years ago. This is our 40th anniversary of doing this parade, and many of us have been around since the first one. Um, I myself was in the first parade and then also volunteered in the parade, and eventually, over time, got on the board to help planning the parade and now finally made it to the pinnacle of being the president of the parade itself. These seven people are diehard dedicated to not only the parade, but to the culture of being Irish all year long. We live and breathe it. We don't expect everybody to have it in their blood like we do, but we do. Uh, As you can tell, I even dress like this. Every day of the week, even in March, April, May, June, and December, this is how I go to Christmas as well. So I look no different all 365 days a year. Uh, um, We also have the theme this year, and every year we come up with a theme, and that theme is Irish pubs, and folklore. And we also pick a Grand Marshal. We have a Grand Marshal this year, and that's going to be Barry Friedman. He's also been with the parade a long, long, long time. Uh, And uh, The Grand Marshal gets to pick a charity, and we have a blank check, basically, that we have, and we raise money. That's where this money goes for the parade. This parade, actually, all the entry fees, the money we raise... We get together, we pay our fees, and we see what's left over. And what's left over, we have this check, and we give it to the Grand Marshal, sign it, and hand it over to your charity. And the, this year, the charity is going to be the uh, Youth Service Bureau, which is a good thing. The folklore part, I'm going to be done. If I can leave you with this part, is that in Ireland, there's a tree called the Hawthorne Tree. The Hawthorne tree has got deep roots in it. No one to go to a magical area where all those Irish good luck fairies and sprites hang out. And they give everybody good luck. And uh, no one in Ireland will move these trees. They build a highway there, a four-lane highway that goes through the whole country. No one would tear down the tree when it had to go to those trees. They spent millions of dollars rerouting a horseshoe around one of those trees. The folklore is real there. The folklore is real here. So we made it part of this year's parade, and we hope that everybody comes out to the parade so we can fill all 99 slots and build floats. We do have a competition, first, second, and third place. Judges will walk around, and we want to thank the uh, city for partnering with us, to, with the police departments to help us with uh, security and helping, and barricades so we Can have a parade without getting run over. That's awesome. (laughs) And uh, we hope to meet all the aldermen there this year and meet the mayor as well. (laughs) And uh, March 16th, crack of noon, Civil War cannon with the Civil War reenactors in full soldier uniform. We'll be firing off a cannon you will hear pretty much half the city. Uh, Hope they don't call 911 again this year. So thank you very much. And uh, one more time, March 16th, crack of noon, St. Patrick's Day Parade. Let's be there and support it. Thanks, Jim.
1: Thank to you. you. All
0: right, uh, Village President, uh, Village of Jerome President uh, Mike Lopez.
2: Good evening, all, and well. Thank you for inviting me, and thank you, and Mayor Busher in the back room. Um, my name is Mike Lopez, Village of Jerome President. Uh, the, un- the proposed thirty-two percent increase for water over the next two years. I do agree, in theory, it has to be done. Mains and infrastructure are crapping out all over the city, the village of Jerome, which we're known for potholes. Um, We've had a number of main breaks this week. Unbelievable. We're doing it ourselves. City of Springfield, Doug Brown, thanks for your help with the one part that was in your jurisdiction. But I do disagree with the the proposed 32%. I think it will be a detriment to the citizens, stakeholders, business, and community leaders within the city in the Springfield metro area, which includes Grandview, Centerview, Jerome, Leland Grove, Rochester. The other question I have is, how much money will, and I'm sorry, I'll apologize. I do not know all the facts. But with this 32% proposed increase for the next two years for 64%, how much will that drive in dollars, additional dollars, to the bottom line for CWLP for their funding? To answer to Alderman Rockford's question concerns along with the other Alderman. they're dedicated funds. You can't move a lot of these funds around. They are stuck in stone. Also, how is this going to affect the economic development of this city and this metropolitan area that you've been boasting on Facebook? Alderman's Award 6 has said, that's been from CWLP, that we have the lowest water rates when you're going to increase them 64% potentially over the next two years. When you have Legacy Point, when you have, as Sam Madoni reports, uh, re- refers to Sam, uh, Mary, and Joe Bungalow, how are you going to have them to flip that bill? When the cost of living, raising children, food, is going up. The other question I want to bring up to this group and to Doug is, Village of Jerome has its own water system. whoop de doo 600 plus. But we have the same issues you have. Personnel, personnel, and unfounded state man, federal mandates. The money is not there from the federal government. This meeting should be referred as the tale of member of cities that are getting screwed over by the federal government. We all want clean water, but we're not getting federal money out of it. We also would like to ask that if you do pass this budget, this increase, I would ask, please, Mayor Busher, which I know personally, and other people in this room, to notify the outside areas that you wholesale water to, like Jerome. Give us a formal notification. In the past decade since I've been president, you passed this increase in March, we get it August the 30th, when we have to backtrack six months of delayed rates. It's unfair to everybody. We're all getting screwed, but we have to have clean water. Can we have an alternative of maybe ten years of ten to twelve percent rate increases, and bond the infrastructures that we can do that for your city to build mains, repair the infrastructure. Doug is correct. Our hands are tied. His hands are tied. You you got these mandates that you're going to have to touch these lines, and if you find lead, oh my goodness, you're screwed. There is talk in legislation, an EPA website. You have to have your plans in stone by April of 2024. You can start commencement of the lead program as early as 2027. There is talk of maybe seven years of completion, 2034. In other major metropolitan areas like Chicago, they were talking 50 years because of what was mentioned earlier, the number of lead lines. But... This, this group is going to really have to earn your money that you're going to have the next three weeks. Because you're, whatever decision you do is going to make the financial horizon for this village of Jerome, metropolitan area, either go up or down. I have a number of people in the village of Jerome that are on fixed income. We're all on fixed income. Regardless if you have a state pension, you have a private entity. We have investment people in this room that own properties, that own businesses or partnerships. This cash outlay for additional billing for water could delay expansion of their businesses, also increase employment for people that want to work. I'll be back next week. I'll bring a bag of popcorn because you may need it. Thank you very much for your dedication. And Mayor Bush, your thanks and allowing me to be here tonight. Thank you, President. Okay. Uh, so let's pack the room next week.
1: Uh, yeah. uh, I'll, oh, thank
2: you. Alderman Williams. Yeah, Mayor, real quick. Uh, do you happen to know how many landlines uh, you have? We're, 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 we're working on that right now. We have a big staff. Three people and me. Okay. We have six hundred six lives. It sounds like very minute, but with the federal mandates, as Doug has alluded, there's other staff. You have to document those lines. And you're virtually going to have to t- touch each line.
1: Oh. And if there is lead found... President, can you
2: use the mic? Okay. okay. Sorry. As uh, Doug Brown has said, we have 600-plus lines. We have to touch those. We have to examine them. We have to document them. If they're fine lead, then we have to address that. And, Director Brown, tell me if I'm wrong or not. If there's lead found, it is on the customer's side to repair that, Right? Yes, there's the other issue we have. If lead is found, it is on the customer's dollar. That is going to be costly, too, because there is a very small, finite area of financing to make all these repairs.
1: And you know what time it is. It is, of course, with the sound of that music time for us to be heading out. We've had a lovely council roundup committee of the whole edition with you all. As always, we thank you for spending some time with us. Stay yearning for the learning. Stay helping and inviting those of our community that have been here for years, that are fresh to us, that need help, that want to be a part of our lives in a positive way, and We'll catch you next time. Again, keep your eyes and ears peeled for all of the innovations, negative and positive, going on across our wonderful city of Springfield, the capital of Illinois. And we'll catch you next week.